From the Rotary International Convention in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Radio Rotary. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Tree Blossom. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world people sharing ways to improve your life. And today we're very excited because we're coming to you from the Rotary International Convention in Atlanta, Georgia. And we'll be chatting with Rotarians from around the world about the great work Rotary is doing to serve all of humanity. Jonah, here we are. We're in Atlanta, Georgia at the Rotary International Conference. And guess who we're talking to? Well, it's a man who rides tall in the saddle. He's got a 10-gallon hat. And he's got a big heart because he's part of a wonderful organization. Who is he? He is Bill Philpotts. And he is from Fredericksburg, Texas. And don't forget about the boots. Don't Which? The he boots. has boots and buckle on. That's right. <laughs> and anyway, uh, Bill, good morning. Welcome to Radio Rotary. Tell us about uh, what your organization is doing here to help girls get through school. Well, this is a program that was uh, started up in District 5840, which is south-central Texas. And one of our past district governors who has spent a lot of time in northern India on National Immunization Days went to visit schools in some of the smaller towns and found out that while there were equal numbers of young girls and young boys in school, that once the children hit puberty, all of a sudden the girls were missing. Well, the easy answer is they didn't have any... adequate toilet facilities. So she came, she perceived the need, she brought the project back to our district, spread the word, we started matching clubs, clubs got into contests, okay, we'll give this much if you'll give this much. That money was then taken to the district, which was matching it. The district in India did the same thing. Then the whole project was taken to the foundation and the money started coming in. So the relatively small contributions at the club level turned into really major contributions by the time you added everything up. Now we have adequate toilet facilities and in the high school level we now have almost equal numbers of girls as boys. And this just goes, it's exemplary of what the collaborative nature of Rotarians working together to make something happen. And don't think it can't start with just one person, because so many Rotary projects do. That starts with one person having an idea, seeing a need, and it changes people's lives, Bill. It absolutely does. Absolutely. It's all of the best ideas where one person had one idea, like ending polio, or providing adequate uh, sanitation facilities for young girls. And it's been shown time after time. One thing we're happy about is money spent on education for young ladies overseas, outside of the U.S., normally gives you a much better return than the same dollar amount spent educating men. Because the men will spend the money on themselves, the women will spend the money on their families. And, of course, the the, the whole purpose behind what you're doing here with... uh building these toilet facilities is that once the girls hit puberty, there's a certain modesty involved. They're reluctant to share the bathroom with the boys. And also, isn't it true, Bill, that when you educate a young woman, she's going to have children later in life, probably fewer children and a better economic situation because they can have employment and other aspects of life that come with education. 
all of the above. You hit it right on the head. And the reason that we have this booth here and the reason that we have members of our district who are here for the national International Convention manning it is because we're doing it again and again. I have to say, to our loyal listeners, the visuals here are astounding. I mean, you want to talk about before and after pictures. Unbelievable. You see the before picture. You can understand how nobody would really want to go to the bathroom, <laughs> but especially a modest young lady. And then the after pictures of the uh, facilities that you and your fellow Rotarians have made available and helped build in, in these developing areas. So, Bill, if the folks at home uh, who are listening want to know more about uh, your great program of It Takes a Toilet, uh, how would they find out about it? Do you have a website, or how would they uh, get in touch with you? They can go to the, obviously you can Google anything in the world these days, but if they will Google Rotary District 5840, and the actual name of the program is It Takes a Toilet. And that way they can find out anything they want to. Uh, they can go through the Rotary Foundation. We have tremendous programs all along the way, but keep an eye on the tagline that it takes a toilet. That's what we named our project. And, and it, Mr. Bill, how many uh, conventions have you attended personally? This is only my second one. I went to Sao Paulo because of a connection with Youth Exchange Program down in Brazil, and then I'm here and brought my wife this time. It's her first. Oh, wow. And well, it, it enjoy won't be it. Our last one. Oh, good. I'm glad. Thank you. So, Abel, you say it takes a toilet, but you know what? It takes Rotarians like you to do good stuff around the world. Bill Philpotts of Frederick Burt Morning Rotary in Texas, thank you so much for all you're doing to help humanity, and thank you for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. Thank you guys for stopping by. Right. Our pleasure. We're delighted to welcome back to Radio Rotary someone we've had the pleasure of talking to before at another convention in Birmingham, England, uh, Dr. Ganesh, and he's going to talk to us about the job for limb. Doctor, good morning and welcome back to Radio Rotary. Oh, thank you very much. Nice to see you. Good morning to you, uh, Donna. Very good. Now tell us, what is the Jaipur limb? The Jaipur limb is a low-cost, very efficient prosthesis, so-called because it was originally designed by an orthopedic surgeon in Jaipur in India, but it is now used in most parts of the developing world. It only costs around $50 to make. It's easy to fit. It's durable and comfortable to wear. And I'm sorry, how, how much does it cost to make? That doesn't sound like very much money, doctor. Oh, that is correct. $50 is all that it costs to make and to fit. It takes about three hours to uh, make one from start to uh, end because the feet are ready made in various sizes because that is a specialized job and technicians are trained to make them. The leg, of course, has to be made to fit the person accurately and to be of the right size. And it takes about three hours to make one of those. And then the foot is tacked on to the, to, to the leg. So this, these are prosthetic legs, uh, false legs, shall we say, for poor people in India and around the world. Now, prosthetic arms and legs in the United States cost thousands so, upon thousands of dollars. How are you able to do this for only 50 bucks? Uh, there you are, because these are made of materials that are easily available, available everywhere. The uh, It's not a greatly sophisticated thing. The technique is easy. People can be trained to make them. It keeps costs low. Now, Ganesh, Dr. Ganesh, you are actually a member of the Rotary Club in Wales. That is correct. And I, Wales I, where? I live in Merthyr Tydwell in Wales, 
where I moved to many, many years ago from India. Okay. And I'm a member of the club there. In UK. In UK. Uh, that's what I wanted to clarify for our listeners. There's a whale someplace else other than well, UK? You, I just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> and doctor, anyway. doctor uh, how did the jar Berlin get invented? I mean, who came up with the idea? Well, um, after I was district governor and I was looking for something to involve myself with, the Jaipur Lim Trust in UK approached me and asked if I would help them. So we are a group of about 15 Rotarians from all over UK and we raise funds and we help Rotary Clubs all over the world to provide these limbs free. And we try to publicize uh, the technique and the product so wherever we have an opportunity we go to conferences and we go to conventions and, and we have a booth and we show it to people and tell them what we do and, and it helps us to raise some money. It does, it helps you raise money and consciousness and awareness and you educate us and I know Jonah was looking for you because he's met you at other past Rotary conferences I believe. Indeed, we, we, we yes. try and uh, have a presence at most Rotary conventions so that we can disperse the knowledge about our, our product. So, Dr. Ganesh, if people at home who are listening want more information about the Jaipur Lim, uh, do you have a website or how would they contact you? Oh, they can contact us. We have a website, uh, uk and that will give us information about our project, what we do, and who to contact, and how you can help us. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us once again on Radio Rotary. I know I speak for Jonah. He was so excited to see you here again, Doctor. Doctor, a great pleasure to see you again. Stay well. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure, Doctor. We're joined now uh, on Radio Rotary by author David Forward of the Medford Sunrise Club in New Jersey. Uh, David, good morning, and welcome to Radio Rotary. It's a pleasure to be here in sunny Atlanta. It is. Uh, not only sunny, but uh, a lot of ho southern hospitality uh, that we're enjoying. And David has just written a fabulous new book called Doing Good in the World. David, what is this book about? This book commemorates uh, the 100 years of the Rotary Foundation. It was started in 1917 at the Rotary Convention right here in Atlanta, and uh, where the president of Rotary International at the time uh, laid out his vision for an endowment fund to do good in the world. And I understand they collected a fabulous amount of money that first convention. How much was it? Uh, yes, it wasn't exactly a resounding success. They actually collected nothing at the convention uh, until a week later when a check came in for $26.50. And from that has blossomed the foundation that does tremendous good throughout the world. And we're all very proud as Rotarians to know that the Rotary Foundation has gotten top marks for putting as much money as possible in the hands of the needy rather than administrative expenses. What have you learned in, in putting together this beautiful book about the Rotary Foundation and about the history of Rotary over the past century? I think there are so many lessons that we can take from it. First of all, I think you can use this book as a, as a leadership skills book because it's a book that shows vision. It's a book that shows uh, how to overcome uh, adversity. It's a book that shows how one person can really make a difference in the world, no matter that person's wealth or uh, status. So, David, how long have you been a Rotarian? 37 years. Tell the folks at home why it's great to be a Rotarian. Uh, 
other than the day that I uh, asked my wife to marry me, it was the best decision I've ever made. It really is part of a worldwide fellowship of, uh, of people that are committed to the same thing, and that is raising the standards of integrity and really doing good in our community and around the world. And if folks listening at home would like a copy of your great new book, uh, Doing Good in the World, the inspiring story of the Rotary Foundation's first 100 years, uh, how would they go about that? It's very easy. They can go to the website shop.rotary.org and they'll see it right there and order it directly from the Rotary Foundation. Well, David Forward of Medford Sunrise Club in New Jersey, thank you so much for putting such tender loving care and time and effort into putting together this great book. And thanks for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. The pleasure was all mine. I challenge each person to get a copy of the book so that they can be inspired as to how they can make a difference in the world. Thank you, David. Let me remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary on the air and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at RadioRotary.org. My name is Jonah Treboss and my co-host is Sarah O'Connell. And we're coming to you from the Rotary International Convention in Atlanta, Georgia. And Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by Salisbury Bank, your regional bank. For all of your personal business and wealth management needs, please visit them at salisburybank.com and by absolute auction and realty serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley since 1946 and by the Rotary Clubs of the Hudson Valley and we'll be back with more of the Rotary International Convention from Atlanta, Georgia after these important messages not all superheroes wear capes most wear jeans or sweaters or suits just like ordinary people because that's what they are They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at Rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Hi, this is Sue Doyle of Absolute Auction and Realty. Back in 1946, we began serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley. Today, our clientele spans the globe, but we still consider each person we meet to be an important member of our AAR family. From specialty collections to real estate, antique and estate to vehicles, we auction it all for people just like you. Whether you're a seasoned auction enthusiast or a novice, our website AARauctions.com is packed with tips and examples designed to make your buying and selling experiences the best they can be. So enjoy your visit to AARauctions.com, tell your friends about us, and please come back often. That's AARauctions.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With 14 locations throughout the tri-state region in Dutchess, Orange, Ulster Counties, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, which includes our Riverside Division offices in Poughkeepsie, Red Oaks Mill, Fishkill, New Paltz, and Newburgh. Salisbury Bank is your personal bank in your community, making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all your personal, business, and wealth management needs. Check us out at salisburybank.com. That's salisburybank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Georgia. Georgia. The whole day through. 
Hi everyone, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And welcome back to our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International Convention in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, Sarah, here we are in Atlanta, and we run into an old friend, one of the great outstanding Rotarians of the Hudson Valley, Ellen Haggerty. And Ellen, welcome back to Radio Rotary. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you. So you're involved with a group called Rotarians for Hearing. What is that all about? Well, it's to encourage Rotary to help adults and children with hearing loss reach their potential. And you have a very personal reason to be involved with that. What got you interested in improving hearing for everyone? Because uh, I have trouble hearing and I have a profound and a severe loss, I would go to Rotary conventions and uh, I'd be frustrated because I couldn't figure out what's being said. And this is... And Ellen, what did you do about that? Big smile from Ellen Haggerty. <laughs> it's taken me 10 years. <laughs> but actually, we did it also eight years ago in Sydney. But now we have captioning, and it's called remote. It's called CART. And I'm not sure what CART stands for, but basically it's remote. Somebody is in Kansas City, and she has an audio feed, and she has a, um, a script. And as they're playing this in, in the, um, at the convention, she tells people, she writes it on her captioning machine, and you see it in the, in the plenary session um, on these screens. Not way up front, but from the about two-thirds, from about a third of the way out. And we did see some of that because we just came from the opening ceremonies of the general session this morning because where are we? We are at the Rotary International Convention in Atlanta, Georgia. So, Ellen, this is very similar to the captioning you see on the television. Uh, you know, and all of us who have been in radio any length of time, we wear the headphones, and when we were disc jockeys in the rock and roll days, we had it turned up a little bit too loud. So we all have hearing issues, and I use those captions for movies all the time. So it's a tremendous boon, not just for people who are profoundly uh, hearing impaired, but for those like me who have a mild hearing impairment. Ellen, what advice do you have to people at home about protecting their hearing? Oh, um, well, basically, don't turn up the TV too loud or don't wear, um, uh, turn up the, the iPods and the music too loud. And then if you're going to go out and uh, be on a mower, then um, you should have ear protection. Anytime you have a lot of real loud noises, you need ear protection. And if people want to know more about hearing and keeping good hearing and the Rotarians for, for hearing, is there a website or how do they get more information about your organization? Well, they can go to our website, which would be under Rotarians for Hearing, Rotarian Action Group, or Rotarians for Hearing RAG. It's also International Fellowship of Rotarians Affected by Hearing Loss, and it's the the uh, abbreviation I-F-A-H-L dot O-R-G Very good and we should mention I don't think we made this clear Jonah but Ellen has a booth here at this convention and So she's spreading the word She absolutely is and Ellen I guess the next time we see you we'll be back in the Hudson Valley Yep Ellen Haggerty of uh, 
Hudson Valley Rotarian and an outstanding advocate for better hearing. Thank you so much for all you do to help people, and thanks for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. My pleasure. Well, Kathy Kruger, our next guest on Radio Rotary is Ashley Spitnagel of Lincoln, Nebraska, and she's involved with an organization called Josh the Otter Water Safety Project. Good morning, Ashley, and welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning. <laughs> so tell us, who is Josh the Otter? Well, Josh the Otter is a children's book and a children's character that helps educate kids and parents also that you never want to swim alone, always go near the water with an adult or anybody, and then also swim as early as possible. So swim lessons can be taught at six-month-year-olds to backflow. You always you hear these tragedies of people who put an in-ground pool in the backyard and the, the toddler, you know, they don't see the toddler go out the door, falls in and, and drowns. Is this the kind of thing you're trying to prevent? Absolutely. And we also believe in layers of protection. So fences around pools, covers on pools, life jackets, all that. But this part, this part of the puzzle is to sit down with your child and say, hey, come get mom or dad when you want to go near the water because it's fun when we're together. And so that's, that's this piece of the puzzle is the educational piece of implementing, hey, you don't touch that, don't touch that, it's hot, or look both ways before you cross the street. Hey, come get mom or dad when you want to go near the water. Great. So go back and tell us, you say as early as six months. I mean, think about it. I mean, babies are in water from birth, uh, before birth, actually. And so they're kind of little swimmers even before they begin life. And But six months, you suggest, right? Yep. And actually, pediatricians have endorsed that. Okay. And six months, so a baby... When you put them in water early, it becomes innate for them. It becomes natural. So they're not scared. I mean, it's kind of hard to watch if you're a parent because they will cry at the beginning, but they, there are many videos. Those kids will roll over, and they will float on their back. And I have a testimony for it. We, we were at a um, Rotary conference, and a lady came up, and she, her child had went through this program. She was at a, a, a lake, and she saw her kid at the dock. The kid had fallen in the water. And this is muddy water, so it's lake water. And she ran down there. The kid had turned over, rolled over, and floated and held onto the edge until she got there. So that's the one life that we're trying to save. So. That's fantastic. So, Ashley, what about these water wings that uh, blow up on on the kids' arms and, and legs? Some people like them. Some people say they're dangerous. What, what is the opinion of the Josh the Otter Project? Well, the opinion is that it's a false sense of security, having floaties on because a kid thinks that they're always going to have them on so they can they would jump in the water and maybe not have them on or maybe their parent isn't with them and so it, it, I actually had a discussion about this with my cousin because she had mentioned that her child always had floaties and I said that's not that doesn't protect them so so you you want children to be very comfortable being in the water by the water so that if they do fall in they will be a little bit more relaxed not as panicked yep yep okay and also, I mean, we all believe, you know, water watchers, parents, diligence. Right, right. Um, so it, it's, it's just one other layer of protection. And we are, we're a part of a group called Families United to Prevent Drowning. And every family has their own story. And so a family that, that deals more with lifeguards, we send them there. Or a family with life jackets. And so we, we all work together to try to make a difference. Now, if people want to learn more about the Josh the Otter Project or have their children be educated in water safety, do you have a website or how do they get a hold of you folks? Yep, joshtheotter.org. 
you can go there. We, uh, we're on Facebook. We're very active social media-wise. So it's Josh the Otter on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. We, we update with photos. We have a mascot. Um, we're in every state. We just partnered with the Michael Phelps Foundation two weeks ago. Michael Phelps and his family. And That's the Olympic swimmer. The Olympic swimmer, Michael Phelps. They're going to be, be part, or we are partnering, and they will be utilizing Josh the Otter. So. And I understand you have a very special job with Josh the Otter. You do the drawings, right? I do, yep. I'm, I do all the art for Josh the Otter. And it's quite beautiful, folks. Go to joshtheotter.org and see the great work of Ashley Spitnagel of Lincoln, Nebraska. Ashley, thank you so much for saving children from drowning, and thanks for joining us today on Radio Rotary. So, Kathy Kruger, here we are at the Rotary International Convention in Atlanta, Georgia, and we have run into a charming young lady by the name of Pan Hugsecker of the Dollywood Foundation of Columbia, Missouri. Good morning, Pam. Welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning. I'm thrilled to be here. So what is Dolly Parton's Imagination Library all about? The Dolly Parton Imagination Library is a book gifting program. So once a month, we mail a brand new age-appropriate book directly to the home of enrolled preschool children. The books are free to the families of the children enrolled. We work with a community partner to help pay the cost of the books. And there's a story behind why Dolly Parton started this, which is just a terrific story. Tell us about it. Now, Jonah, do you remember, we saw Dolly when we were in Canada at our Rotary Convention. In Montreal. In Montreal. So she's inspired us. So please tell us how she started all this. Yes, Dolly Parton started the Imagination Library program because her father did not know how to read or write. And he was such an inspiration to her. She knew that he was a very, very smart man. And if he would have had the opportunity to have books in his home and in their home, um, they could have gone further and done more. So, but but he was a very smart man. He encouraged, you know, them to dream and and, and imagine. So um, that's why she started the Imagination Library program. Now, how do uh, young people, how do children become part of Dolly Parton's Imagination Library, which is sort of a children's book of the month club? How do kids get involved with this? There must be a local program, a local sponsor in the community that they live in. Such as a Rotary Club. Such as, that's what I was just about to say, such as a Rotary Club. So go to imaginationlibrary.com. Check out um, places to see if we have an Imagination Library program there, and you can find out if your child is eligible to enroll. And, and if we didn't have a program, how do you get a program there? Then you can contact your local regional director that you can find on imaginationlibrary.com, and they will help you start one. So how many books get sent out every month? Over a million books a month. Wait, let's say that again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's say that again. Over a million books a month are mailed through the Imagination Library to, to enroll children. And how is it all funded? It's funded locally. We work through a 501c3 community sponsor who partner with other partners in the community to fund the $25 per child enrolled per year cost of the program. That's uh, an amazingly small amount of money to do a great deal of good. So uh, once more, give us the website, uh, Pam. Absolutely. Imaginationlibrary.com. And this, and this just proves that children are still reading books and not playing on their little tablets all the time. Absolutely. So Pam Hunsaker of Columbia, Missouri, the Dollywood Foundation, and Dolly Parton's Imagination. Please thank Dolly Parton for all the great work she's doing. We thank you for bringing literacy to children, and thank you so much for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Pam. Have a great time while you're here. It's been a great pleasure to bring you today's edition of Radio Rotary from the Rotary International Convention in Atlanta, Georgia. Our thanks 
thanks to the great folks at the Rotary Press Office, Chanel Williams, Vivian Fiore, and Audrey Carl for all of their help here at the convention. And our thanks to our sponsors, Salisbury Bank, your regional bank. For all of your personal business and wealth management needs, visit them at salisburybank.com. And by Absolute Auction and Realty, serving the auction and appraisal needs at the Hudson Valley since 1946. And by the Rotary Clubs of the Hudson Valley of New York. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell, our producer Kathy Kruger, and the Wizard of the Buttons, our great engineer Mr. Jay Verzi, this is Jonah Trebois, so thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotary.org. So long from Atlanta. Hi, this is Kathy Kruger, producer of Radio Rotary. If you are listening now, so are your customers. You can advertise on Radio Rotary for as little as $25 per week. Call me, Kathy Kruger, at 845-635-3499. That's 845-635-3499 for full details. Or email me at info at radiorotary.org. That's info at radiorotary.org. Looking forward to working with you.